Hello, welcome again to the Holy Nurture Podcast. I'm Jordan Lee. Today, I'm going to share my professional and personal experience regarding nutrition and exercise in postpartum following infant loss. Loss is heavy, but I thank God for every loss, even the physical loss of my first child, Judah. Our physical loss, but by God's goodness, a spiritual gain. Uniquely, Judah's short life on earth, but eternal life in heaven, birthed the ministry I'm growing today through the Holy Nurtured platform. Motherhood, whether your child or children are physically with you or apart, is a gift from God that can never be taken away. While this episode was created for the intent to educate, encourage, and empower women who are in this season of loss, the information I share can also help to support other women too. This includes women who are in the process of preparing their bodies to be pregnant, mamas who simply want to improve their lifestyle by choosing better dietary choices and incorporating physical activity and or exercise into their lives, and mamas who have stopped breastfeeding and want to find ways to help their bodies naturally find a better hormonal homeostasis or balance. If this resonates with you, stay tuned! Welcome to Holy Nurtured. I'm your host, Jordan Lee. Holy Nurtured is a podcast designed to educate, encourage, and empower women to be health advocates in their homes by providing content that nurtures the whole individual in a practical way. This podcast will help shed light on the simplicity of living a healthy lifestyle. While food and nutrition will be a predominant focus, living a holy nurtured life demands attention to faith and body care as well. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get started. Again, my goal today is to connect, educate, encourage, and empower you in this season and many seasons to come as you embark on your wellness journey. Deeper Connection My Angel Story First Postpartum Journey While the focus of my discussion is on postpartum wellness, through nutrition and exercise, I want to extend my heart to you all. On May 9th, 2018, I was not feeling too well. Personally, I have a strong pain tolerance. To be honest, I thought the pain I was experiencing was from Braxton Hicks contractions. Little did I know, my body was going into labor at 33 weeks and 3 days. The following day, the pain was unbearable. My husband and I went to the hospital and heard the hardest news of our lives. We cannot hear nor see a heartbeat. We are sorry. On May 10th, I gave birth to a baby girl who would not journey with me physically outside the womb. Her name is Judah DeJoy Lee. Judah, a name I chose prior to her conception, meaning praise. And praise was something that helped my husband and I cope through the early season of our physical loss. In the book of Ecclesiastes 3, God talks about the different seasons in life. I stand on those truths. 
thankfully, as believers in Jesus Christ. We had and continue to have her spiritual presence in our lives. She still has a voice in our home. She holds me accountable, as well as my husband, in both our personal and professional endeavors, individually and as a family unit. Yet, my first postpartum season was not easy by any stretch of the imagination. Dealing with loss alongside breast engorgement, a new body, and the hormonal imbalances due to my body physiologically returning to a non-pregnant state without our child was rough. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 34, verse 8, the Israelites mourned for Moses 30 days. My husband and I didn't disclose our tragedy to anyone for 30 days. But I come bearing good news. The rough feeling in the physical is temporary. But just as it took your body a few weeks, three months, six months, and or nine months to build a child up or years in raising, it will take time for it to return. The physiological and mental will surpass the physical in the recovery process. But what I come to share will help support all realms, mind, body, and spirit. Before we get to the nitty-gritty, I want to encourage you with these words. The significance of the body is not what is displayed on the outside, but what is within. Ladies, we are more than our bodies. Our bodies are our home on earth. But what matters most is our spirit within us. Therefore, when it comes to nutrition and exercise, we must take fervent action on what we put in and how we treat our bodies. With that being said, let's get into nutrition. Disclaimer and reinstated purpose. I'm here to educate and inform you on the fundamentals of nutrition in relation to postpartum care. In no means am I trying to diagnose, prevent, nor cure an illness or sickness. Let's talk postnatal care. Postnatal care is just as significant as prenatal care for nutrition and exercise. Just as our bodies demanded nourishment in the form of nutrients to help protect provide and grow a child within our womb, so too our bodies need the same, if not more, nourishment in the recovery period. Unfortunately, postnatal care for those who have angel babies is not discussed in research or a topic of common discussion. However, as one who has experienced postpartum following loss, this was a topic which I desired to better understand and apply in my life, but also to women and their partners who walk a similar path. Now, let's talk nutrition. When it comes to nutrition, there are four underlying themes. Creating hormonal homeostasis, improving reproductive health, promoting psychological well-being, and supporting exercise or physical activity. As previously discussed, 
the postpartum period is a time where the body will begin to transition to a non-pregnant state physiologically and anatomically. During pregnancy, reproductive hormones progesterone and estrogen are at an all-time high. Following pregnancy, the body naturally begins to flush out the excess progesterone and stabilize its estrogen levels. When it comes to hormonal homeostasis, we can either help the body to naturally and effectively flush out the excess hormones or we can hinder it with our dietary habits. Improving reproductive health. Believe it or not, as women and men, especially women, our reproductive health is a helpful indicator of our total health. In other words, the presence of our periods or lack of presence, days in length, the symptoms we may experience, our ability to conceive, to carry, and other factors help provide us clues on the health and well-being of our temples. The exciting news is, we all have the power to do these four things in our lives. Promoting psychological well-being. Pregnancy alone can disrupt anyone's psychological well-being at moments and time. Then add a physical loss to it, one's mental and emotional well-being can most definitely be negatively affected. Uniquely, the role of trace elements and postpartum depression have been linked. Not surprising, those particular trace elements, zinc, magnesium, and iron are all elements that help to support the growing baby, but also help aid in the basic day-to-day body functions. Lastly, when you fill your body appropriately, it gives you the energy you need to move your body and in time attain desired health and physique goals. In the postpartum season, exercising not only helps your body heal and return to a healthy new body, but it serves as a stress reliever, helping to promote the psychological well-being which can positively influence the decisions you make, such as dietary, relational, and more. In the following episode, I will share my professional and personal experience regarding exercise in postpartum following infant loss, as well as exercise in the traditional postpartum period. So, stay tuned. Application. So, how can we create, improve, promote, and support through the following practices. Taking prenatal supplementation with your doctor's encouragement. In addition, consuming whole foods. In other words, live foods, fruits, vegetables, legumes, grains, and meat if you do not follow a vegetarian or vegan lifestyle. In other words, foods that are not in the aisles, not boxed or processed. It's best to reduce the consumption of processed foods as these products can hinder hormonal homeostasis, especially highly processed items or items where all nutritional value was stripped, specifically the water and fiber and salt and sugar were replaced. 
However, minimally processed whole grains commonly found in boxes if you do not shop in bulk, such as oats, rice, barley, quinoa, and others are the exception. Now, why prenatal supplementation still or why begin taking those for preparing our bodies for pregnancy? Whether you are pregnant or not, planning to conceive or not, prenatal supplementation helps to provide your body essential vitamins and minerals, in other terms, micronutrients, so that your body can operate optimally. Micronutrients, which are found in prenatal vitamins, are nutrients that help to regulate body processes. For example, the element known as calcium plays a significant role in muscle contraction. Without enough calcium in your body, movement would be a more laborious endeavor. Calcium acts as a key that opens up the process of the cells at the microscopic level to begin the process of contraction at the microscopic level that eventually reaches what we see with the naked eye or the macroscopic, micro versus macro. Personally, in my first postpartum period, my doctor recommended that I continue taking my prenatal vitamin. The CDC recommends that women of reproductive age should get 400 micrograms of folic acid each day. In addition to consuming foods with folate from a varied diet to help prevent neural tube defects. Whether you may not be planning for a child in one year, a handful of years, or not again at all, it's best to take preventative measures. You never know. God may have different plans for you and your family. Also, the American diet today significantly lacks foods naturally and effectively enriched with vitamins and minerals. As such, this is a way to be confident that your body is receiving the nutrients it needs to thrive. Whole Food Breakdown I like to break whole foods into two approaches, the general and the physiological. General approach. This approach involves eating live foods. Just think, foods that have short expiration dates, such as fresh fruits, vegetables, lean proteins with occasional red meats, and your dairy of choice, fermented items such as yogurt. Obviously, there are items that do not have short expiration dates that fall under the whole food general approach, such as beans and grains that include whole grain pasta and rices. The idea here is to eat to live so that you can thrive. While grocery shopping and cooking may be a tedious task for many, your body will thank you later for the foods that support it. Physiological approach. Physiological approach for the ladies, but husbands are not exempt. A cycle-sinking diet is an impactful way to meet the general approach with a more personalized physiological touch. Cycle sinking refers to the four phases in a woman's menstruation cycle. As I'm sure you have all experienced, 
There are times in the month you have significant cravings for sweets or fatty items. The four phases include menstrual phase, follicular phase, ovulatory phase, and luteal phase. Within the menstrual phase, it's best to have cooked anti-inflammatory foods. Within the follicular phase, it's best to consume more fresh, light, and raw foods. In the ovulatory phase, detoxifying probiotic-rich foods. And lastly, the luteal phase, warming foods and spices. To learn more about these different phases and different delicious meals and snacks that you can consume to follow this specific dietary approach, I recommend going to the naturalfitfoodie.com to learn more. She does a phenomenal job of breaking it down so that you may understand what it all means, what you can do, and how it can best support you and your body. Now, let's get more to the general approach or the general approach application. There are five focuses that are found within this approach. Number one, avoiding trans fat. Number two, implementing vegetable protein. Number three, choosing slowly digested carbs. Number four, getting plenty of iron from plants. And number five, filling your cup, water hydration. Avoiding trans fat. Trans fat is disguised as partially hydrogenated oils when you read the food labels. When it comes to avoiding trans fat, it's important because it compromises fertility by means of circulatory or the elimination pathways. Number two, implementing vegetable protein simply means swapping one meat-filled meal during the day with a vegetable protein instead of eating the ground beef or steak for one meal with a plant-based protein such as black beans and pairing it with brown rice, sautéed bell peppers, and onions. Choosing slowly digested carbohydrates. In short, means selecting fresh fruit, vegetables, and whole grains that are rich in fiber such as avocados, pears, bananas, apples, plums, black beans, and oatmeal, to name a few. Consuming slowly digested carbs helps to control your blood sugar and insulin levels. Plants are friends and food. It is not necessary to indulge in red meat to increase your iron intake. Consuming spinach, tomatoes, beets, beans, and pumpkin will serve you best. Lastly, for our body to maximize our nutritional intake, it needs one of the most significant molecules to flow, flow, flow. Water. Water plays a significant role in the delivery of essential nutrients for the purpose of healing, rebuilding, fighting, and much more. Water also aids in processes referred to as elimination pathways, as discussed earlier when, we, when I talked about avoiding trans fat, or our body's way of releasing unusual or toxic substances from our body. Elimination pathways include through our sweat, urination, flatulence, and pooping. Would you like to go deeper? Personally, these two books have allowed me to expand my knowledge in the areas 
of a woman's health, taking charge of your fertility, and the woman code. I recommend that you go into my show notes for today to get access to the authors of these two amazing and rewarding books. Fun time! As a wife and a mother of two, I'm all about the family. I believe in order to make positive lifestyle changes, the family should participate together. Therefore, I'm going to share how the implementation of better dietary choices can transpire through what I like to call, as a family unit, nutrition style. Work together. Create a weekly meal plan. This requires you to, as a family, to select two to four different meals. Part of selection of two to four different meals is employing the meal builder. That means selecting a protein source, a veggie source, a whole grain slash starch source, and seasonings and herbs. Remember, you can use the food chart I refer to for the physiological approach as well. To find this amazing chart, I will link in my show notes where you can find this chart. Let's be real. Enjoy a soul food every once in a while, whether this is a meal you prepare at home or you eat out, or a dessert. It's important to give grace and kindness. No one is perfect. Extend grace to your partner or children when he or she makes mistakes or goes down the soul food route too often. In addition to giving grace and kindness, it's very important that we encourage one another A great way to encourage the family unit is by asking the question with the word we having an emphasis. We. How can we better nourish our bodies right now? Lastly, give your meals a fun name. This is something we definitely do in the Lee house. We also use within our business to create more attraction, as well as familiarity when it comes to certain meals that we provide for our clientele. So, to sum up how we as a family unit can improve our nutrition or dietary habits, we must work together, we must employ the meal builder, we must be real and understand and accept that it's okay to eat foods such as in quotations, soul food, or desserts every once in a while. We also must remember the significance of giving grace and having kindness towards one another in this area. We must also encourage one another, and as a family unit, we, we must ask, how can we better nourish our bodies right? I began this podcast episode sharing the four underlying themes of nutrition in relation to postpartum or postnatal care. Again, I'll review a couple things before I close this episode in case you are at home or able to take these notes down. The four underlying themes, again, were creating hormonal homeostasis, improving reproductive health, promoting psychological well-being, and supporting exercise or physical activity. Within those four underlying themes, I shared the general approach as well as a physiological approach 
or application in which we can carry out those four different themes to help improve ourselves through nutrition. I will end this podcast episode here. I pray this episode will bring comfort and guidance in the area of nutrition to those who are going through their postpartum period physically without their baby. As someone who has experienced loss in this way, devoting my season of loss with deeper spiritual connection with God alongside taking responsibility and ownership for my health through dietary choices and physical activity. I firmly believe that it has positively impacted my whole being and allowed my body to carry the future children God entrusts my womb with. I pray this will also serve as an educational material and encouragement for those who are transitioning from weaning their babies from breastfeeding and need the power of nutrition to allow for a natural and more balanced approach to creating hormonal homeostasis. If this episode blessed you or any previous episodes, please take a few minutes to leave a rating and a review. It is my desire that more ears will hear and be blessed in a mighty way. Thank you and God bless. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It is always my prayer that what I share will serve to educate, encourage, and empower you as the health advocate of your home. If you would like access to the show notes for today's podcast and future episodes, connect with me on Instagram at Holy Nurtured. All you have to do is send a direct message with your name and email, and you will personally receive the show notes from me. If you have a desire for connection, whether for the purposes of accountability or simply want to join a growing community of like-minded women, send a request to the Holy Nurtured Facebook group. This is a private Facebook group where I will post information regarding the podcast, weekly challenges in relation to the podcast of the week, daily encouragement, and much more. Again, thank you for joining me today. God bless.